welcome back to another edition of City View with Mayor Tom Koch on Podcast Quincy. That's how you find us, folks, by searching Podcast Quincy on your favorite podcast platform. If you want to Google this podcast, just Google this City of Quincy's podcast, and that's what you'll find. Mayor Tom Koch is with me in his office. I'm Mark Carey, his media director, and Mayor, welcome. Good to be here, Mark. Before we go too further, did you... Can- Decontaminate these microphones? Have these been cleaned? Uh, I did. I right, did. Good, good. We're the only just two checking. that use them, though. So <laughs> <laughs> just for this podcast. Oh, that's good. Well, uh, it, it's been really interesting times, Mayor. And um, we're not going to give the updates on the stats today on, on the podcast because basically by the time the podcast is out, and which is only a few hours after this podcast, but it, it runs for a week, it, it's outdated information. So right, right. really, Today, we wanted to talk more about some of the, the relief efforts that Quincy's uh, looking into, and we'll talk. We'll touch base on a lot of these things today. But first, we want to talk just, first of all, what are your thoughts on what's happening right now? Well, it's interesting. I, I just penned an email to, I guess you don't pen an email. I typed an email. I penned it, and then my <laughs> one of my secretaries here um, typed it in. An email to Captain Richard Stratton in Florida, who was a tremendous human being. And in and, and my early part of the email, I said... Um, I know you've experienced an awful lot in your lifetime. By the way, people, these Dick Stratton was uh, uh, held in captivity in Vietnam, uh, Navy flyer, shot down for six and a half years. Incredible person, American hero, patriot, great family man, just just an incredible guy. Holds no disdain or anger to anybody. Just just remarkable. But I said in that, I says, you've experienced so much in your lifetime, and he's he's about ninety now. I said, but for me, this is the most bizarre time in my lifetime. You know, as as mayor, you know, you have a flooding problem or whatever, we deal with it. We pump, we fix, we, you know, with snow, you plow it, you remove it, you put salt on. I mean, and there's an end to the to the snow. This is just that invisible enemy that's out there wreaking havoc on the world and society and certainly affecting Quincy. Nobody's been immune from this uh, in, in, in the U.S., so... It's a bizarre time. It really is. It's almost surreal, Mark. We, I know we've talked about this, and some people say it's like you're in a dream. You're trying to wake up. It's, but it's real. It's amazing. Two months ago, what was important, and today, you think about what's important. You know, mm. I think you know. I think the president's doing a decent job. The Congress, and you know, unfortunately, it takes a crisis for them to come up with bipartisan legislation. Mm. They've been talking years about an infrastructure bill. Now they're moving to get an infrastructure bill passed for the for the nation. So. Out of this crisis and out of this uh, horror for some families, you know, some good is going to come out of it, hopefully, for, for us as a society. So, And I give my hats off to Governor Baker and his team. They've been phenomenal. Mm. Uh, no question. He's been a great leader and making all the right moves, I think. Diff- just a bizarre time. And I don't know how long this is going to last. I mean, we, you know, we, we're in the throes of it now, and they're talking between April 10th and April 20th for Massachusetts being the, the peak period, if you will. That curve bell they've been putting on on the news and so forth. Uh, we're trying to flatten that out, of course. That's the whole point of social distancing. But uh, you know, after that, okay, how long before it peters out, if you will? They're talking it may research next fall. They're working, I know, on vaccines, uh, all that sort of There's stuff. There's a lot so of unanswered questions. There are, there are. It's a crazy time, and and uh, everyone's trying to deal with it. You know, we talk about you know that the old saying, one day at a time. You know, it's almost like one hour at a time right now because the information continually changes and gets updated, and the stats continue to get changed. We're you know dealing with issues on the ground here on a regular basis, and I'm so fortunate because we have a. And I said that in my email to Captain Stratton, I said I am surrounded by incredible professionals that 
just work hard, roll their sleeves up. There's no egos, no complaints. Mm. Everyone's just doing their job, you know? And it's, uh, it makes, that makes things a lot easier when you get everyone pulling together. The time to point fingers isn't now. It's let's all come together and get this in. For the most part, I think people have been pretty good that way. I mean, even on social yeah. media, but, for, but you know, we just stop pointing fingers. Let's just all come together and make this all work. No matter what your political slant is or whatever, let's just all come together and make I think this there's, work. There's a, I think I mentioned the last time we talked, I think there's, there's a lot of lessons in this for us individually, as families, as a city, as a state, and as a nation. There, there are all kinds of probably changes and habits that are going to happen based on this. And I think as a city, we'll be smarter going forward, no question. Um, and I think that the state, we, we shouldn't be as dependent on Big Brother, you know, Uncle Sam, as we are. To think about that, why doesn't the state have a stockpile? I know we've talked about this before. We should have our own, for our own first responders, a certain amount put aside for... Yeah. I mean, this, this thing is as potential like this has been talked about for a number of years. So even the major hospitals, some of the best in the world are in Boston. Why aren't we those better stockpiled? Mm. And I'm not pointing fingers. All I'm saying is out of this, there's going to be a lot of learning yeah. and a lot of changes made. So going forward, we're not caught short on, on some of the equipment needs that, that we have. The whole I- idea of Trump, I, I think, you know, and I'm not being partisan. I'm not picking sides. I do remember President Obama said we'd never build a new manufacturing place in this country. And uh, under this president, we're building new manufacturing facilities. And I think one of the things learned is that with China, the almost 90% of our pharmaceuticals are made in China, never mind the mass and all the other equipment. What if China went really bad and everything shut down for weeks? What's going to happen to, to people that are depending on medication? Nothing against China, but in practicality, we should be manufacturing all this stuff right here in our own country, just in case there are those issues. Yeah, those I are. do think that this whole crisis is going to have a real change in the thought about global globalization. You can even see the dissension now in the European Union. It's pretty amazing when you read about it. You know, you know, there people are worried about their own backyard, their own families, and, and their own places as a nation. And um, I hope it doesn't come to, I hope we do a better job planning worldwide, but the whole fighting for masks and gloves and between countries and hospitals. And, it, you know, I do think in the end, just what I described about the whole manufacturing piece, this will have a major change in how people look at globalization. And whether you like Donald Trump or not, this is what he's been talking about. Yeah, good point. You know, one of the things is... National- and I'm not a big fan. I'm not... I know. I'm not pushing I know. I'm just... Uh, but, you know, nationally, the country's been doing a good job. Statewide, uh, Massachusetts has been doing a fantastic job. And we have to look at our own, too. So let's talk a little bit about some of the Quincy initiatives and Quincy things that are being done. First of all, I, I got I to gotta thank Ruth Jones. She's our commissioner in public health. She's amazing. Uh, true, true professional. She's been a great leader in this, pulling everybody together. Our police chief, our fire chief, uh, Brewster Ambulance, uh, Krista Bonner and that crew, Cynthia Sierra from Manic Community Health Center, Eugene Lee, South Cove Medical, Harvard Vanguard, Social Medical, Social Health, um, the old social hospital team, Brigham Women's. Uh, we've been dealing with everybody. I mean, Beth Israel in Milton, phenomenal. Cynthia's really stepped up, and, and um, they have two facilities in Quincy, one in House Neck and one in Montclair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they've been terrific. Um, you know, one of the issues we talked about was the um, Father Bill shelter and the homeless population. And we had a conference call last week and then again this week. Actually, I'm losing track of time. Might have been a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, but we joined with Yeswinski from, from uh, Father Bill's. Joe Finn, who's the head of the Mass uh, Housing and Sheltering Alliance. Uh, Paul Gorman uh, jumped in. Cynthia, again, was, was involved. But we said, okay, let's get ahead of this. We have... 
a lot of people, probably 140 people staying at Father Bill's that are literally within two feet of each other because of the, the, right. the size of the place and the conditions they're in. We should separate that before it becomes a problem. We called the YMCA, Paul Gorman said, absolutely, we'll do what we can. We, we created uh, 50 beds at the Y, and the Y was helpful in help providing staff for some of that. Um, you know, obviously the whole issue of getting the meals and all that, there's a lot of logistics to it. Uh, Helen Murphy and my staff has been, and the operations side has been so involved in that. Uh, by the way, my chief of staff, Chris Walker, has been just incredible in everything, moving the pieces around. So back to that comment about having a great team, team or army. So the latest on that is we're, we're going to test or Manic Community Health is going to test all the people that file the bills, and then they're going to go to an isolation quarantine location. We have worked out an arrangement with a hotel here in Quincy that will be completely for this population. There'll be no other person there. We'll have security there and so forth. But, And then as we get the results back, you know, they'll then be released back to the shelter. If they're negative, if they're not, depending on what kind of medical needs they'll have, whether they have to be hospitalized or whether uh, there's some other conducive environment, we'll figure that out. I guess my point in all of this is it's it's um, this issue has created so many ripple effects right across society and across everything we do. Uh, I know we talked already about a little bit about the rental assistance program, which has been received very well. We yeah, get fantastic. Yeah, uh, I don't know, we're approaching maybe two hundred people that have been helped between the chamber and the and the Quincy Community Action with rental assistance. That's been phenomenal. I, th- I thank the Affordable Housing Trust for agreeing to do that. The city council had passed half a million dollars out of snow and ice account. We've been using that for a number of issues like the tent setup for Manit Community Health. We're taking care of that. Out of that, we sent money to all the food pantries in Quincy because they're under strain. Everyone's been great just chipping in and coming together. Congressman Lynch, been on the phone with him several times uh, about the federal staff, and he's got a good handle on what's going on, and, and uh, he, he's just he's terrific to work with. Can't say enough about him. Talking to John Keenan yesterday, I was communicating with Ron Mariano, the majority leader in, in the House side. There's all kinds of legislation they're doing in there to help get through this, the changes. And, for example, the whole issue about not being able to be evicted if you're a tenant behind rent. They're dealing with housing. They're dealing with uh, legislation allowing, because under the law, kids are supposed to require to have MCAS. So there's those types of things that need to be addressed planning board, zoning board, how we meet and all that. They have to address that legislatively so we can move forward and make progress. So they've been doing their thing at the legislative level, which is great. Just everybody working together. I, I talk to the councils, uh, many of them on a regular basis. School committee, we got another meeting coming up Monday night. We're doing everything they can, they can to make the learning environment as, as best we can for our kids during this time. There's a million pieces to this whole puzzle and we just continue to work it uh, day by day, you know. A lot of the programs that you've set up through through the Quincy Foundation and then of course the Quincy Relief Fund for all those that are falling through the cracks that may not fit I mean this is just for there are just so many different opportunities that people can sort of get some help yes the Quincy Relief Fund quincyreliefund.com I believe is is if somebody wants to go to the site you know we, we've gotten some commitments out of the corporate citizens we've got a number of checks already in ten dollar checks five hundred dollar checks it's adding up yeah that that's going to the Quincy Foundation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that has been in existence for a number of years. I do that annual golf tournament that we raise money for it, and yeah. some of it goes to charity, and some of it goes to help us put on the Flag Day and Christmas parades. But in this case, we're able to use these dollars, use the foundation, and rather than reinventing the wheel here, we already have a nonprofit in place. So we're using that to facilitate uh, local donations to deal with local needs. This is going to go on for a bit, and 
you know, people are going to be hurting. So we're doing the best we can to help those people, particularly in the margins. You know, there's people that uh, have been laid off that will, you know, get a decent unemployment. Some of these people that live paycheck to paycheck that have no savings that because they take gratuities and so forth, they don't get the kind of unemployment that somebody else would get. Right. So therefore, they're going to fall in the cracks with, with housing and with food needs. And so, I mean, we're a city of 100,000 and, and um, you know, we get a lot of needs here. So we're, we're doing the best we can to put all the resources we have together to make this as good as it can can be under some difficult circumstances. Now we also we've been doing a you've been doing a video every single day putting it out there through our social media also on QATV it's every hour and every half hour it plays getting different bits of information out. So some of the pieces of information I just want to bring up in this podcast that we haven't mentioned mm-hmm. is believe it or not there are, have been some issues when it comes to the sewage and people throwing away baby wipes and things like that, that has a no-no, right? Big time. Yeah, big time. Um, we've tried to remind people about that. You know, you're not supposed to flush down the wipes into the toilet. The source system is not made to deal with that. It was so many people being home all day and using these Clorox or whatever the, the brand may be of these wipes, they're getting tossed in. The, and we've had a number of backups around the city. And the backups usually back up into your home, folks. So it's not, not just a case of affecting the sewer system, but your own system in your home could be compromised big time and you could get a backup in your basement. So encourage people, please, please, please stay away from that. Just throw it into your regular rubbish in that case. The other one is the amount of grease. That's another problematic thing. Well, people are cooking more at home. I guess in some ways that's a great thing, but the grease should not be dumped down to drain into the sewer either. That should be separated. I remember as a kid, my mother always separated it out, and then it would harden in a container, and then she'd just throw it in the rubbish, um, and that's what we should do with it. So again, it, the DPW would be very happy if people could do that to keep our problems minimal at this point because we're maintaining a uh, you know a pretty hefty uh, network of sewer pipes, sewer lines, water lines, drain lines, and Things like this uh, become real problematic for the system. And we already have, I mean, the city is up and running, although the buildings, public buildings are all closed. The, the sewer workers are all working, the police and the fire, and our, even, even Council on Aging and Elder Services, they're, they're open for calls. They're not open for people to go there, That's but right. they've been doing a lot of work too. Calls, or if you go to the kunzima.gov and go to the, you know, the city's website and then go to the department, you can reach somebody through that as well, that vehicle. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, people are, uh, are working very hard. I know I've talked to, on a regular basis, a number of department heads, of course, both the police chief and the fire chief on a regular basis uh, on things. Uh, Ruth Jones, of course, of every day. Al Graziosa, Commission of Public Works. And Dave Murphy, Commission of Natural Resources. That's been another issue. The parks, um, who yeah. would have thought, would be throwing kids off of playgrounds. And blocking for, uh, basketball. For, for playing groups. wholesome yeah. activities. Imagine that, you know. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing we have to do under the social distancing requirements that are out there. So um, you had a lot of different pieces to this. And uh, and anybody's working so hard. And, and again, I, I know you mentioned the Council on Aging. Tom and his staff down there responding to seniors' needs. Uh, we're still driving people that need dialysis to their appointments down there. So, you know, there's a lot of people still working every day on behalf of the city. And, you know, I know that we see in the news a lot of accolades going to the medical community, and rightfully so. Our nurses, our doctors, our technicians, even the maintenance people in these hospitals, they're all exposing themselves to this virus potentially, and a number have gotten sick. And But we need to keep the hospitals moving and open for those who are truly sick. And But there's also, you know, and, you know, we've talked about police and fire and health and all these other folks, but think about the supermarkets, you know. Ugh. Think about the warehouse person, right? Loading the truck, the truck driver unloading it at the market, the people in the market stocking the shelves, the cashiers, um, the, the, cashiers, the baggers, absolutely, yeah. all that to make sure that everyone is 
is okay, getting the necessary food and so forth. FedEx and UPS and, and U.S. mail, all delivering stuff yeah. to people that, that people need. Um, so, you know, is this though we're partially shut down as a society, there's still a lot of people working out there every day to try to keep things moving for people's benefit, health, and safety. Well, and finally, just to touch on this, what do you mean finally? It's a very well. Finally, I'm just getting, I'm wrapping up. I'm, I'm wrapping well, we up. Seven in minutes. Oh, we, we, well, this, I'm, believe me, I know you're going to take seven minutes to finish this piece, but <laughs> let me just get there. So, one of the things we've actually this has been a difficult time for a lot of people. Sure, uh, a lot of people have been infected. A lot of people are sick and at home. We've had a lot of loss of life from Quincy, right. and uh, you know we know that this next couple of weeks are going to be pretty brutal. And mm-hmm. this week we are as the recording of this podcast. It's Holy Thursday. I know that this is a very important to to you. I know it's very important to me. I know we we share the same faith. But just your thoughts finally on this. Well, it's piece. also the start of Passover, and of and our Jewish brothers and sisters were around a little longer than we were, and so certainly want to acknowledge Passover and the importance of that to the Jewish faith. And I know uh, I have great memories of uh, both Rabbi David Jacobs and Rabbi Jacob Mann, who were both in Quincy for a long time at their respective synagogues, and um, great, great people. And we have a wonderful, viable Jewish community here. So certainly happy Passover to them um, and during this time. And I know it's awkward for them as it is for the Christians because we can't go to our normal place of worship and come together as a community because we, we all can pray individually, no question about it. But it, that when we come together as community in a synagogue or in church or in a mosque, that's so important, so important. And I know that's a very big struggle right now, particularly for the older folks. Uh, some of those folks that are, were daily are daily communicants that you know they're shut out now; they can't participate in the Eucharist. It's that's a tough thing for for people of faith. And I know I you know speak personally. You know I've been getting to uh, you know different churches that are open to get in to say prayers and and adoration, and I've been fortunate in that regard. But you know Holy Week for us Catholics Christians. It sums up our entire faith. It's the most important week in the calendar of the church. I mean, you, you, we open up the Holy Triduum with Holy Thursday. For Catholics, that was the establishment of the Mass, the Eucharist, and the establishment of the priesthood, Holy Orders. And then, of course, we, we roll into, uh, and that's the last Mass for a couple of days. We go into Good Friday, and the very solemn day of Good Friday, the, the Lord's Passion uh, and Crucifixion and Death on the Cross. And as we're reminded time and time again, no cross, no resurrection. This was part of the part of the, the process of uh, of getting there. We as Catholics and Christians are are people of hope. We're Easter people. We you know our, our faith is in the resurrection, when uh, the Lord conquered conquered the death and created a place for all of us someday to uh, to join in, in paradise. So, so certainly all those Christians out there uh, wish them a holy Thursday. And as awkward and weird as this time is for not being able to get to your place of worship, you know, take some time at your home, go into your room in private or whatever it may be. And uh, when you're doing your prayers, and I know that I'm always, I have a number of prayers of gratitude, gratitude for my family, my wife, my kids, for my parents, my siblings, gratitude for the job that I have and the the friends that I have and the people I'm able to serve. Also keep in mind those people that are suffering right now, the people that have been sick in the hospital and their loved one can't go in and visit them. They can't go in and hold their hand or, or stroke their forehead. They can't be there for their dying parent or grandparent 
because of the virus and the spread of this disease. And then after that person uh, has passed, you can't have a public wake. You can't have a funeral mass or funeral service, whatever your faith may be. It, it's, it's extraordinary what we're dealing with right now for people. And so when you're saying your prayers and whatever faith tradition you have, keep those people in mind, keep those souls in mind as we go forward and continue to pray for, of course, I'm the mayor of Quincy. I know there's people that may listen to this that aren't in Quincy, but certainly pray for the people of Quincy. Uh, first responders, all the folks that we've talked about on the show today who are out there in the front lines dealing with this issue. We will get through it. We will get this country's gone through some some big stuff over the years, uh, whether it was war or, or other influences and stuff. And we, we do get through it, but uh, we get through it better when we're together. We get uh, through it better when we are together spiritually, when we're together civilly. This is a time when we should be coming together and getting things done. So I'm grateful to be the mayor of the city. These are extraordinary times. I pray every day for God's help in leading our city. I pray for wisdom, humility, and compassion. And uh, let's let's hope we all get through this, and I believe we will. The numbers are going to get a little tougher the next 10 days, as has been predicted and projected by the medical community. And then hopefully we'll start to see that flattening out and uh, hopefully get back to some normalcy real soon. Well, Mayor, thank you very much. I think that's... Uh that's enough said. I think we uh, want to give you the long, number. Too long? No, that was very good. <laughs> so uh, we want to give the numbers for the uh, just the COVID nineteen Quincy hotline is six one seven three seven six twelve eighty eight. Of course, in the Quincy Health Department six one seven three seven six twelve seventy two. You can always call the mayor's office at six one seven three seven six nineteen ninety. And of course, watch for the mayor's videos on all of our social media platforms, whether it be Twitter, YouTube channel. Uh, it's at City of Quincy. Uh, and Facebook, of course. So, Mayor, thank you very much. Thank you, Mac. Happy Easter. Don't eat too many peeps. I won't.